Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Enter by the narrow gate. Somebody say narrow. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Okay? Let's read it in the KJV. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. I want to speak to us uh, from this thought, that the narrow gate. If you have a pen or a piece of paper to write on, or maybe you're taking notes in your device, write that down, the narrow gate. The narrow gate. If you don't have a pen or a piece of paper or a device, just snap your eyes and remember the moment. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We give you glory for your presence that's here for each person, Lord God. That is in this building. We know that you're speaking now. We know that you're moving now. Father, we know that there is a passageway that each one of us can enter into that leads to life and life to the full. That leads to pasture, uh, to safety, to righteousness. Oh, God, uh, may we have in this house young people, young adults, Father, that, that, that grow in their zealous intent and hunger for righteousness' sake to live after you, the chaste life, Father. Uh, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will be in this room, bring revelation to our hearts, Father. May this word come alive in our spirit, and may our spirit testify to the word that is spoken. It is true. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. In your name we pray. Church said, the narrow gate, right? We're talking about, like, uh, you know, in context of the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Does anybody, have anybody heard of the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount? Anybody over here on this wing? The Sermon on the Mount, Beatitudes, some of us have. Does anybody know one of the Beatitudes? Yes, sir? Love? Um, I guess in this context... We could use that because, like, he goes through these, like, eight Beatitudes, and then he kind of goes to, like, this idea of love, like, you um, love those that, what? Like, persecute or curse you. Bless those that curse you. Love those that hate, right? Like, that's supposed to be your response. That's the context of the Beatitudes, right? Okay. Anybody else, like, want to take a shot at the Beatitudes? Take a shot at looking like a complete fool and idiot, right? An unlearned person. Anybody? I'm kidding. This is, how we, this is how we challenge ourselves. Yeah, LeBron? Don't be, don't, don't be, are you going to make an honest effort? Got you. Okay, somebody else. All right. What do you got? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a beatitude. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Where's Theo? Theo, you should know one. Mommy tells you this one all the time. What does she say? Blessed are the p- 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 the what? Not the people, the peace. The peacemakers. Yeah. 
he's got a little, you know, rumble, rumble in him, you know, so mama's always telling him, all right, we got the meek, that's right, for they shall inherit the earth, right? So he's going through all of these, uh, these, these uh, beatitudes, as we call them, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he's telling this, he's preaching, right? He's preaching to a large group of people who believe that they are, they are like, he's not talking to unbelievers, right? Like, these are a wide array of, of believers, whether they be a Pharisee, a, a Sadducee, a, a Zealot, uh, uh, or like the, uh, the, the, the more of the hermit type of isolationist among the Jews. Uh, he's preaching to them all, right? And so he's talking about two gates, say two gates, that lead to two ways, say two ways. And among the ways are two crowds. Say two crowds. Two gates, there's two ways, and there's two crowds, right? And so it's like a, he says there's a narrow gate, and there is a broad gate, right? But he says there's a lot of people running after the narrow gate. It's not like only a few people want or desire to find the narrow gate, but yet in our passage it says there are few that find it, Right? Many gather around it, many seek for it, but few find it. So the masses want to find this gate. Now the question is, is it a secret passage? Like, like have you guys ever played Nintendo, like the OG Nintendo, right? And have you found, like, the way where you can, like, hop up, up um, uh, above the, above the, um, above the screen, you know, like, you go hop up, you know, the secret, uh, the secret, secret, there's secret worlds, there's secret like little question marks, I don't know what they're called, and then you can get up above the, and you run the whole, the course of the whole, like the, oh, what is it called, the uh, underground, and there's the flames and all that kind of stuff, and you can run all the way, and then there's these three tunnels, you can skip basically almost all the way to the end, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, it's a secret little like passageway, right? Jesus isn't like talking about this Gnostic kind of gospel where it's a secret, you know, there's a secret way that you can find access to the life of uh, eternal life. It's super secret, and hopefully if you seek and strive really hard, you can be one of the lucky ones that find it, right? Like if you master the game, you're going to figure out how to, how to, how to win, right? That's not what Jesus is saying here at all. In fact, he's actually utilizing a, a, a method of present, presentation that is common throughout Jewish culture, which they were well familiar with. And he's saying this, you have two choices. That's it. You have two. The straight gate or the broad gate. Two choices. You either choose me or you choose the world. There is no middle ground. There's no third option. There's no option C. There's no option, option D, right? It's not a multiple choice quest uh, uh, test where I got a 25% chance. He says, you got two options. It's either me or anything beside me or other than me is the world, right? Two ways, uh, two paths, and two crowds, right? And so we see this idea of, 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 of light or darkness, life or death, blessing or cursing, all throughout Scripture from, from the first page of Genesis all the way through Revelation, right? You have two choices. We live in a world that wants you to believe that you have many choices, 
the way to eternal life and the way to the life of abundance and the way to your purpose and the way to your destiny and the way to walk in step with Jesus could be different for you than it is for me. That's not the word, and that's not the truth. That's an, uh, uh, the idea of relativism in a pluralistic society that says what your truth is, you, is what is true for, true, true for you may be true for you, but it may be different for me, right? Well, thanks be to God that we don't live, uh, we don't follow after, uh, after a God that switches the script uh, based on setting or based on context or based on individual or based on gender or based, based on race, right? It's been the foundation from the beginning of the world. And he says this to you and me. He says, enter the straight gate. And he doesn't say look at it. He doesn't say observe it. He doesn't say take note of it. He doesn't say look at the gate and say isn't it wonderful and isn't it pretty and just catch the vibe, man. Right? Are you with me? Are you tracking? Right? Like let's let's uh let's just be in wonder at the gate. Uh let's uh let's contemplate it was as to whether or not this gate is right for us or maybe we should choose another gate. Right? He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't present the gate as one that, that you, should, uh, you, should, you should bless, one that you should hang out at, uh, one that you should show up to. Are you with me? Did you know that just because you show up to church doesn't mean that you're, like, in church? Just because you raise your hands in worship doesn't mean that you're in worship, right? Or that you're worshiping God, right, with any kind of sacrifice, Okay? Just because you uh, acknowledge Jesus with your lips doesn't mean you live with, for Jesus with your heart and with your lifestyle. Right? And he says, look, I don't need you to acknowledge the gate. I don't need you to, uh, I don't need you to, to talk about, uh, debate about, have Bible studies about, highlight and understand and read more about the gate. What does he say to do to, at the gate? Enter. You've got to make a decision, and you've got to make a choice. And he says it's not a secret choice, right? You ever play, my kids like to play the game where, like, they hide something behind their back, and they put their hand out, right? And so and then you've got to choose the right one. You, you play that? I don't know what it's called. Like, guess which hand? Hold up. Let me demonstrate what Jesus does for us. comes to you and me. He says, two options. This is the right
I'm asking you not to preach about it, not to talk about it, not to, not to, to, to wonder good sermons about it, not to travel the world for it. I'm asking you to enter. How do I enter? There's no, there's no, there's no secret, secret hidden code on living out this Christian life, to living out the Beatitudes. We know that it's more than just acknowledging Jesus with our lips. He says you can enter the gate, but there's a way that follows thereafter. And he says, choose the straight gate. Choose the straight gate. And so listen, he does this all throughout Scripture uh, as a, a point of preaching and building. I suppose I should, I should do this. And so uh, he, he brings us to, he brings us to this, this, these distinguishing principles of, of teaching. We call it a, a two-way covenant or two-way theology where you have two options. And to choose one is to deny the other or others. Right? All throughout Scripture, to choose one is to deny the others. No plan Bs, no third options, right? And so the, the prominent example that you've probably heard and is worth, worth repeating is the two options uh, 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 presented before you when it comes to your significant other. Some of y'all been working on your summer bod. Anybody else besides me? Let me show you what I've been working on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I apologize. Some of y'all were so frightened and afraid. <clears throat> Some of y'all just got saved just then. You're like, I surrender all, Father. Save me, spare me from this. <clears throat> so, like, that's like a quest, right? To find the significant other, right? To find, I'm not talking about, like, somebody to date, but I'm talking about somebody to marry, Okay, like that's a whole quest, and it's a big decision. Why is it such a big decision? Because you're with them for the rest of your life, right? Like, hey, just got it. Like, it's not like a sin. I don't like choose one to marry, and then like I have a host of others, right? So, because in your vows, what do you say? Like, I, I promise you, my heart and my life from this day forth. And forevermore, till death, do us part, right? In sickness and in health, right? In riches and in, in, in poverty, I choose you. And so it's this two-way theology in that when I choose one, it's to say no to every other option, right? There are 8 billion people in the earth, and we'll just say by approximation, there are 4 billion women. There's slightly more, actually, Women than men, uh, contrary to popular belief, you're not the minority, but that's another story. 
Um, so we'll just say four billion in a in a world of equity. Um, and so when you know Kobe, if you ever convince Hannah to say yes, right? Uh, and I don't say that jokingly. I'm like, if you like, that's what we do. That's what that's what a man does when he pursues a woman, right? Is he's he's pursuing her to to put it in terms, to win her heart. I know Jasmine, every time I say win, this, the, the, I don't know, you guys, have you guys seen Aladdin? And she's like, I am not a trophy to be won, right? And so then when I say, like, to win her heart, I always have these flashbacks of, you know, women aren't to be won, they're not trophies. Anyway, so, like, you're pursuing her, you're trying to win her love, right? And so to win her all in all, and, and, and so if you were to do that, right, and if, if you succeed and, and you guys go through the, the marriage covenant, right, for you to say yes to Hannah is to say no to almost four billion other women. <sighs> what? Right? Are you with me? To say yes to one is to say no to billions of others. It's two-way theology. We see this with Joshua, right, in the desert. And he says, I've set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose what? Life. Again, it's not a veiled, it's not a veiled option. He says before the people of Israel, choose life. I am telling you what to pick. I am showing you emphatically the route to peace and joy and life's fulfillment. Choose life, right? And so all throughout Scripture, Moses presents the same question to the people of Israel. Isaiah presents the same issue. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. This is the words of Isaiah. What is he saying? We've all chosen the broad way. We've all chosen something other than the narrow way, the narrow or straight gate. And because we're all wayward, we all have to choose then. At some point in our lives, we have to choose to enter into the narrow gate. Every single last one of us have to make the conscious, intentional decision, explicit decision. This doesn't happen by accident. It's a narrow gate. And one thing that I want to say about the narrow gate is this. It's, it's, it's in fact, it's, it's, it's so, it's so, the, the, the word picture is such that it's so narrow. It's so narrow that only one can enter in at a time. And really, it's more narrow than that. It's like a, a picture because it says narrow. It's it's narrow and it's hard, and it's it's it's, it's, it's as though you it's as though you have to shimmy through it, right? Like okay, when I, like you have to you can't even go through it like a normal entrance, right? Like you have to you have to strive. Actually, Jesus says to strive for it, right? And so, because it's not just a broad way that everybody, and so I, a bad way of demonstrating this is when you go to, uh, King, how many of y'all got gold passes to Kings Island? All y'all, right? Like most of y'all have gold passes to Kings Island. And so when you go, though, you don't just run in, right? You have to, you have to at least scan your card. Well, this is even more intimate than that because it takes time to get through this gate, right? 
And so, which indicates to me that we serve a God that's concerned about you as an individual. He doesn't just open the gate to the masses and say, come on in. Oh, no, it actually is exclusive. It's inclusive, but it's also exclusive at the same time. Why? Because he's concerned about you as an individual. He knows you by name, and he's called you by name, and he's looking for you to enter into the gate that he has invited you, that he has shown you to enter into. So he doesn't just open the gate and say, now it's the running of the bulls, right? I've been a part of those kinds of things where the the mall the mall doors open and literal security guards are ran over by the mad customers who are running after the few items that they whether those be shoes whether those be 50 inch 60 inch screen TVs I have a friend uh, who will remain nameless that uh, was at Walmart at one of those Black Friday sales and uh, started he took this this uh you know the spray, I'm trying to be very polite here, the spray that smells really bad, smells, you know, yeah, like poo-poo. Yeah, like he had this poo-poo spray, right? And so he's around this, like, this mat, this, like, 60-inch TV that was, like, you know, almost nothing. And one of these, and they only had, a, like, a few, a handful. It's how you, they get you in the door, right? And so the way that he, he cleared the path of all the people that were trying to get it is he started spraying the poo-poo spray. <laughs> and people were like, well, you know, like, trying to figure it out and stuff, right? And so, wow, yeah. And so the Lord that we serve is inviting you in to an intimate relationship with him. And he has your name, he has your number, and he wants to spend time with you. And he's inviting you to enter into this gate. But he doesn't just, doesn't just leave you alone once you enter. As soon as you enter, he takes you by the hand and then he walks you and he leads you along the way. The narrow way. Yeah. He leads you along the narrow way. And he, he, he this is, this is the picture of, uh, of him where he says, where he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He walks beside you along the narrow way. Is it a hard way? It's a hard way. Oh, but it's a better way. Why? Because he's with me. And in the hardness, he endures the hardness for me. When I'm weak, he becomes my strength. Oh, yeah. When I walk the narrow way, when I choose, choose the, the the path of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's a path of blessing. It's a path beyond the curse. And so he invites you and he invites me to enter this narrow gate. But so many there be that don't find it, right? The crowds have gathered. The crowds have gathered. But they choose not to enter. This is why so many people have a hard time with marriage. I can't choose. What if somebody better comes along? That's their, that's their mindset. What if somebody better comes along? Check it out. You have to decide. And the devil's not deciding for you. Okay? So you don't have to blame him. Okay? You have to decide. You get to decide. There's nothing within or without that can decide for you. And the fact, that, the fact that you have to decide is indicative. The fact that you have to enter is indicative that your parents and their position in the church means nothing about whether or not you can enter. There are a lot of people who have a long family history of believers who've entered the gate. But just because your mom and your dad entered the gate doesn't mean that you also have entered the gate. Right, we went to the Reds game just the other day, and uh, and we had all you know all the tickets and whatnot. And so, uh, a part of the process of that is showing your ticket, right? 
And so I don't just enter in with a ticket and then my kids get to just follow behind me. That's not the way it works, right? I've got six kids, or I've got four kids and a wife, right? Like there's a party of six here, you know? It's not like, a, it's not like a, a, a getting a table at Applebee's, right? Like they have to verify each ticket and have to prove each ticket, right? And so, so, so what, whether or not mom and dad or granny or grandpa, and, and this is also true for your parents. If you're a believer, it doesn't make your parents a believer. Are you with me? Like they have to make the choice to enter as well. And so um, it's, a, uh, it's a gate that we have to decide to enter, right? God has put the choices before you, and what you do with those choices before you have everything to do with where you end up. It's not the devil. It's, 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 it's not your friend. It's not your auntie or uncle or the worst thing that happened to you. It's your choices with what is in front of you that determine the road that you walk on. Amen. Amen. And so this, this idea of, of, of two-way theology is continued. <clears throat> uh, and I think it's, it's worth pointing out in Proverbs, really all of, of Proverbs chapter 10. But check this out. These are just good principles. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So look, check it out, guys. So if you want wealth and you want want riches and blessings, work hard. That's a principle in Scripture. Did you hear me? That's actually like a godly principle. You want to do well in this world? Work hard. But a slack hand? What does, that, what does that bring? It brings poverty, right? Oh, it's the system. The system is rigged against me. Probably you're lazy. That's a hard pill. I understand. But if you'll work hard, there's going to be fruit, right? And in fact, the Scripture doesn't allow for any middle ground here, right? It says you either be a slack, lazy person, or you're going to be a hard worker. There's nothing in the middle. Two-way theology, right? So you're either a hard worker or you're not. Okay, he says further, uh, he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Wow. Right? But he who gathers in summer is a prudent son. Right? One who sees opportunity and takes advantage of it while it comes, not when it passes, is prudent. Right? But the one that sleeps during harvest, right, brings, brings shame. Uh, whoever, look at this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Man, what a principle here, right? And he says, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out, right? We say this, uh, you know, uh, what don't, don't allow your good to be spoken evil of, right? And this is the way of, of one who's walking the narrow road, right? Is I'm going to make sure that I'm a person of integrity, and then, you know, I can walk with confidence, I can walk with confidence because there's nothing that you're going to dig up from my past. There's nothing you're going to dig up from my present that's going to cause a stumbling block to me or anyone around me because I'm a person of integrity. Look at the freedom that that brings. That's a narrow road, right? It's a narrow road, but it brings freedom, right? And so further, it says, the mouth of a righteous, of the righteous is a fountain 
of life. Wow. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. I want my words to bring life to all of those around me, to every sphere that I speak into, right? But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Hmm. You're full of love, you cover all and you got a lot of grace. You're full of hatred, full of bitterness, you're going to stir it up. Who are the pot stirrers? The ones that are full of hate, right? Who are the ones full of love? The ones that are out of like, oh, yeah, but, you know, they're trying to give grace to these people. It's not that they don't acknowledge someone's, someone's uh, missteps, right? Uh, but it's that they choose to give, choose to, to give grace instead. Uh, the, uh, verse 17 of chapter 10 in Proverbs says, Whoever needs instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Wow. Somebody that can be taught. Somebody that can be instructed. Somebody that can be reproved. Right? And so Jesus says this. Scripture says this in Revelation chapter 3. It says, says that he rebukes. He rebukes, and, and, he, uh, and he disciplines those whom he loves, right? So, so in other words, if I'm a believer and I mis- have a mis- make a mistake, I stumble along the way, right? He says he reproves, he rebukes, and he, he disciplines those who he loves. And then it says, therefore, be zealous for repentance, Right? Be passionate about getting back up when you make a mistake. Why? Because you were on the narrow road, the narrow way. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have mistakes or missteps or fall in the ditch on occasion, but it's who you are, and you're going to get back up and walk on the narrow way. And so we enter into the narrow gate, which is the person of Jesus, and then we don't, we don't mix. You can't, you can't mix and match here, okay? So, so listen, listen up here. So we said there's, a narrow, there's two gates, there's two roads, and there's two crowds, and you don't get a mix and match, one leads to the other, the other two, right? And whatever you choose at point one is what the other two bring. If I choose the narrow gate, that is also choosing the narrow road, which also chooses the narrow crowd, which also leads to the life of blessing, right? Two lives, one of destruction and one of blessing. Amen. And so get this. All right, Jessica, I want to need you to... to, to Let's play a little music to help me close. Okay? <clears throat> Lord willing, we'll get this. The beauty of making a decision to choose one is the intimacy that results from one, right? And the fruitfulness that comes from one. I chose to marry Jessica, and Jessica, in turn, chose to marry me. One of the biggest mistakes of her life. No, I'm just kidding, maybe. In this, in this, 
this decision, this choice of I choose you, this yes to her and no to billions of others provides for, listen, listen, please. Some of you will never know intimacy because you'll never commit. You'll never know real intimacy because you'll never commit. And you'll always wonder. And some of y'all are so afraid of commitment. You'll, you're so afraid of commitment. You'll bounce from boy to boy to boy to girl to girl to girl in relation. And then your whole emotional well-being is, is based on whether or not they've texted you and whether or not they're with somebody else because there's no trust there. Why is there no trust? There's no commitment. Trust can only come from a place of commitment. Intimacy is a result of absolute surrender. If I can trust you with everything, if I can trust you with all of me, if I can, if I can, if I can allow myself to enter a place to say, it's you or it's nothing, it unlocks the beauty of real love. To remove all the other choices is to say, it's you, it's you, it's you, and it's always been you, and it's always going to be you. And what does that bring? It brings peace. Because I don't have to check her phone to see who she's texting. I don't have to check, I don't have to check her, her, her messages. I don't have to check her DMs because there's a trust that's come from a commitment that's resulted in an intimacy. And what's true in earthly relationships is also true with our heavenly relationships. When you decide that you are going to enter into that gate and follow that road and you trust him with everything and all things forever, it's easy then for when he, when he says, I desire this, or I desire this, or I want you here, or I want you there, that becomes an easy thing. Why? Because, Lord, I know that you have the best for me in mind. I trust you. I don't have to check your messages somewhere to see if you've got some ill intentions towards me. I know that you desire the best for me, so I want to give you my yes. I want to enter the narrow gate day after day after day after day after day. I want to walk on the narrow road every single day. Paul says, I die daily. Every day I choose to walk this life where I've put you, Christ, as my all in all. And I'm going to do my best to strive. It may be a hard way, but it's a better way. It may be a narrow way, but it's a wider way. Amen. And so this is the picture of what this is really what I wanted to bring home. And this is the beauty of, of a life in Christ when we choose to enter. I'm going to need some help. Let me see. A couple guys. <clears throat> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to use this. These are my makeshift, this is my makeshift gate. He says there's a narrow gate. Make it narrow. 
a little more narrow. Okay. And so, Scripture says, Many there be that search for it, but few that find it. Man, that's a narrow gate. I don't know if I can fit through that gate. Maybe I could. But all my swag can't. I can't can't go through this gate and also take all my stuff. I can't go through this gate And also take my baggage. And also take the ungodly relationship. And also take the ungodly lifestyle. And also take, God, you can have you can have me. You can have all of me, but not my weekends. You can have me, but not my girlfriend. You can have me, but not what I watch on my phone when my parents aren't watching. You can have me, but not my vape pen. You can have me but not my high I'm seeking after. And so people understand. If you've received another gospel, you've received the wrong gospel. You can't come in. You can't come in with, you can't come in with all your sin and continue down this road. You have to make a choice. It's Jesus or it's nothing. Well, that just sounds really exclusive. And, you know, I just want an open mind and you sound really narrow-minded. Yeah, that's kind of what Jesus said. It's narrow It's narrow. It's inclusive, but it's also exclusive. It's either Jesus or it's nothing at all. And anything else you put in front of Jesus is the broad way. And he says to you, and he says to me, there's one way, and the person is Jesus. And here's the beautiful thing, though. The the word picture is as though you have to strip all of your clothes. It's that tight. It's so, the, the word picture of the narrow gate is so tight that not only do I have to strip myself of everything that's loose, right? The beautiful thing about, about Jesus and the narrow gate is every curse, every addiction when I enter into the narrow gate, every stronghold, every, every, every foul word spoken over me, every, every, every component of my past that has tried to identify me and label me when I enter into the narrow gate, guess what has to happen? I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go. And so, yeah, I'm going to choose the narrow gate because on the other side of that gate is freedom. On the other side of that gate is knowing who I am, knowing who who he created me to be, knowing that I'm a child of God, not a child of wrath, knowing that I have purpose, knowing that I have destiny, knowing that I am more than my worst mistake, knowing that I'm more than my failures, knowing that I have a future and I have a hope. And so, yeah, I'm going to choose to enter the gate and I'm going to leave the world behind me me that old that old song the cross before me the world behind me though none go with me what's it say no turning back no turning back somewhere along those lines I'm really good at lyrics it's a beautiful picture of entering into 
the narrow gate. Oh, I spent so much of my so much of my teenage years trying to f- figure out the the right style, so the the right clothing, so I'd be accepted, the right friends, so I would be cool, right? Uh, knowing the right songs, so so I could I could be hip, so I could be relevant to, to 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 the people around me. Trying to figure out how to be accepted, trying to figure out how to not be rejected. Oh, but I can take you to the time and to the place and to the the very spot on that altar. Where where finally I entered into that narrow gate and was liberated from, it didn't matter what the label was on my clothes, it didn't matter who I hung out with, it didn't matter what was on my my radio, all I knew was I was a child of God and that was enough for me, that was free I was free from the shame of my past, I was free from the oppressive voices within that told me I'd never be enough this is the narrow gate, you get to leave it all behind because you can't take anything with you through it. But what will I do if I don't take anything with me through it? Everything you gave up to get through it, he replaces with what you really needed to continue on it. Amen. He replaces with He will never require of you anything that he doesn't have something better for. Amen. That's better than you responded. Narrow gate, and there's a narrow way that he's going to walk with us. We've been in a series all summer. It's the practical application of the narrow way to love the unlovable, to bless those that curse you, to bless them with your time, to bless them with your finances, to bless them with your generosity. To serve them. We've talked about it. Serving them. How am I liberated to do that? When I have nothing else to gain in this world. And I become, as Paul said, a servant to all. I don't need somebody's, I don't need somebody's uh, uh, elevation of me or elevated idea of me. I don't need a title. I don't need a brand. I don't need some, I don't need to commercialize what Jesus has done in my life, right? I just need a place to serve, to show people that Jesus loves them, that they're worth it, no matter what this world has told them. How do I get there to that kind of attitude, to that kind of lifestyle, to live with those kind of values? I enter through the narrow gate and allow him to take me hand in hand and walk the narrow way amen stand to your feet across this house thanks for listening if this message blessed you in any way please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone you can follow us on social media at haven youth church we love you fam